0: On the wrong book called Inclusively Yours, I'm Danielle, and today I have my favorite guest. She like my play cousin, but y'all don't know that, Nicole <laughs> Falls. She is like my favorite. I'm
1: so excited to have you, Nicole. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm normally um in your seat in this situation, so it's going to be interesting being on the other side.
0: Right, because I listened to your podcast where you talked to um Joss from Indie Love yeah. And I was so upset because I'm like, I didn't get to go to any of my, I was like, waff, not waffling, but like, I didn't know if my funds was right. So I was like, let me see if I use, I wanted to go to Girl Have You Right too. And I'm like, if my funds, if I do this, if I file my income taxes, and then I have this money right here <laughs> and I could do, and then I <laughs> think I canceled. So I'm like, Ugh. but Girl. next year I'm doing all the events. I I got to support my people. And I got to do all events next year. I definitely got to meet you at one event. So, like, whatever event you do next year, I'm going to be there. But I'm I so glad year, to have
1: you on here with me. I think next year, I'm going to be like, girl, I don't turn down anything but my car. And you know, to everything that people can ask me to show up to their house and open up the envelope. And I'll be like, okay, girl, so what time do you need <laughs> me there? Because <laughs> right. Little Miss Rona just shut my entire year down. So, in 2021, right. I definitely have to, got to turn her up. Right, we just gonna have to show up and show out Like,
0: Hopefully we'll be kinda, you know, everything will be good But I'm so happy to have you here, it's just awesome So this month I'm gonna be talking about Black Men in Romance And the thing about it is, like, how I got I always read, but I, like, read off and on But, like, two years ago I was like I really want to read about black men. Like I need to read these black men as heroes. Cause I've read some books that were interracial, but I don't mean no harm, but it's kind of like the same as reading a book with two white people. Sometimes it Mm. really is. Sometimes it really is. So I'm like, I really want to read books where I see like people I know. And like, that's one thing that like connected me with your book is like, your humor is like my humor so like when you say I'm like that is totally something I would say or like what this guy said is totally something my cousin would say or my brother would say this so like I felt so represented reading your books it was just like my home Um, (laughs) I just like I had said on Twitter I'm like it's just like a reason like I just vibe with your books so much like I
1: can't explain it it just is you just the sky is blue, and I vibe with your books. It's just. It. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously have no idea like how timely you saying that is <laughs> and how fortifying it is to hear that, um particularly when you say, you know the the characters remind you of people that you could actually know in real life because like that's one of my biggest goals in writing is to not have my characters seem like 2D people on a page, right? So I want them to feel as real as possible and not even as real. I mean, not even just as real as possible, but also as authentic as possible. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because like most of the people I write are somewhere within my age group. Some have been a little bit younger. A couple have been a little bit older. Um, but the thing that is a through line in all of my work is that the people and how they interact and the ways that they speak and all of that stuff, is like taken from real life experiences, be it my own or those of people around me. And so I'm glad that it translates that way, where, you know, you read it the same way and it feels like home or it feels like familiar to you. And if you
0: listened at all, like people who listened, if you know, last year, like, the book I couldn't stop talking about was A Natural Transition. Anytime somebody say something to me, A Natural Transition. And that, that was, like, my book. That was my book for the year. And, like, my favorite trope is Enemies the Lovers. So, like, I just, everything about their book spoke to me. Even though it was, like, novella length, but it felt full. It felt like a full book. Like, it was just, What's I can't novel? explain it. <laughs>
1: I thought that was
0: a full length. I can't remember. I don't oh, know.
1: it was a full length? I don't I'm i not sure.
0: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but it, it felt like it, it just was, it was so good. And like the character of, of Langston, I really wanted to talk about him because his character was like what we were typical. Well, Naima called him corny. And, she, <laughs> and like, so he really wasn't that alpha male type character that we like sometimes people are used to reading in romance. So like when you write, do you like think about like, oh, I'm gonna make this character alpha or I'm gonna make him like a beta male or or do you just form it in some type, like how do you form
1: your male heroes? So I personally don't like alphas. And so I don't think I've ever actually written in quote unquote alpha male. I call them alpha holes because most times they are complete buttholes. Right. Um, And that's just like, that's not what I'm attracted to in real life. And so my heroes vary in physical representation or whatever, that most of them don't line up with what I think is attractive physically. But personality wise, every man that I write is someone that I could actually date. And that's purposeful, because I just don't like the like, that does nothing for me, like the whole you woman I man me (laughs) now like I'm just that does nothing for me and so particularly in writing Langston I knew that he had to be a bit more low-key and laid back um when paired with Naima uh just because of the friction between the two of them like if they were friends to lovers they probably would have been more on par with each other like personality wise um but because I needed that juxtaposition of the you know reason why they didn't get along and the friction, I was like, okay, he definitely has to be like her opposite in so many ways um, when it comes to everything. So like even their jobs, you know, her job was one that was in the creative field and it was, you know, not necessarily a nine to five or set schedule. And he is Mr. Conservative buttoned up accountant guy. One of my friends called him H&R Block Bay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Jill. You know, he's just very straight laced and, by the book and so you know of course naima kept calling him corny because she like or she liked rather those dudes who you know look like shazza from different world and probably on their mama couch and (laughs) (laughs) you know so yeah when when it came to constructing langston though i definitely like it was uh more purposeful than probably any other male character that i've written
0: Right, so, like, I really don't like those alphas either because I'm just, like, the type, like, I can't let nobody talk to me like that. So, like, it (laughs) wouldn't be like a book because, like, automatically I would shut that down. Like, there's no amount of cuteness in the world that could make me be attracted to you because your personality is is shit. So, like, the thing I also liked about Langston is that he was, like the type of person that would check his friends. So like in the beginning of the book, his cousin goes to Naima and comes at her in the wrong way. And he makes what you call a great value Blake Griffin, which is so funny to me (laughs) because you say great value, but I'm always calling somebody a fake ass name somebody else. So I'm like, (laughs) look at that fake ass Bill Bellamy or something like, you know, like I'm always, (laughs) but that's like the same (laughs) kind of thing, but it's just like, cleaned up you know but um he made him apologize and it's not even that he made him apologize but like further in the book you took it like you know that's not how we supposed to be talking to women and you know your mother wouldn't appreciate that and a lot of times I think these like alpha dudes they just want to go to fighting and like not really talk things over and be like what's the word like not, so cool. not to get <laughs> right and that's like kind of like how i like how you did with this is transitioning to a different book how you did with russ from um someone seeking someone else he was kind of like a player type but you made him which i i I, I hate to say like this is the first but i'm gonna say this is the first where i ever read where you made a play like the first time i've ever read a player type guy have to deal with the consequences of his actions. So him being a player, he had to reflect on that and how it affected people in his life and how it would affect him and relationships going further. When a lot of these alpha males, they just or these player dudes, they just do it and then they're like, "Oh, I found love. I'm a changed man." But you didn't change nothing. You just got yeah, a girl. Yeah. You really didn't change yeah. nothing. You don't know? Yeah, that's and thing, like right. he really reflected and changed, and you know, it it changed something in how he approached people, even how he approached his daughter's mother. So I really liked how you constructed that. And i never really seen anybody do that before.
1: Yeah. I just think that if we're going to talk about people making evolutions, that particularly if it's happening within the narrative, that we see that on the page, right? So we didn't see Rux being a hoe on the page, but we came in knowing, okay, he was out there bad. And as, you know, as his story unfolded, especially, juxtaposed against Kai like he needed it needed to be shown that he was a different person in order for her to be able to let her guard down and let him in and it's so funny that you bring that up because everybody loves Rux they love him so much and I get it because he's like I he's probably one of my favorite male characters I've ever written but I'm just like yo it's wild to me how in romance novels men get so much like leeway to be trash and it's considered to be attractive you
0: know what I mean right that is so like (laughs) that is so spot on and I think a lot of times people are attracted to these trash men because they attracted the trash men in real life like I'm just gonna put it out there and like you know so it's easy for them to let go certain stuff but If the heroine does this, it's different. And I think like, because Tasha Harrison, she said something on Twitter the other day. And she was saying about how a lot of times when we talk about things in romance, we talk about it through a white gaze, which is true because we really never, I really never hear conversations talking about black men in romance and like some of the things that, white men do like that alpha male and i'm angry and i'm gonna fight no we can't do that because you know you're gonna be in jail at the end of the book it's just (laughs) like it's not (laughs) it's not the same like we don't have the same liberties so like sometimes you have to make your heroes show that they care about their woman in a different way so like in um a natural transition when naima had that beef with the other dj he stepped up like, hey, you know, look, he showed he wasn't, he wasn't a cornball. He wasn't in that suit. He could take that
1: suit off, you know, and, and yeah. be real with it if he need to. You Straight know? up, don't, <laughs> let the, don't let the bow ties fool you. Like, he, <laughs> right, right. Like he, and, and 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 that's the thing that I think this happens in real life too, where people get, people misconstrued just because of their outer appearance. You know, just because what your, what your eyes perceive a person to be doesn't necessarily mean that that's who they are at their foundation. And so I remember when I was writing that and I had sent it to my accountability partner, she was like, oh my God, I think I'm like even more attracted to Langston because (laughs) he just hemmed that man up. She was like, I'm attracted to that, but I was. And I'm like, but it makes sense though, because you're not attracted to the fact that he was violent or not even violent because he just hemmed him up. But you're not attracted to the violence. You're attracted to that protective instinct because he wasn't just going to let you come up here and talk to his woman any kind of way and yeah, think that, you know, shit was sweet. Like he was like, no, actually, bro, we can we can get at it if we need to. Um, <laughs> which is something that I think that Naima just needed to see as well, because like, you you know, you brought up, you said her calling him corny or whatever. And I think that that like a lot of that had to do with her perception of him being exactly like her dad, which she was trying right to be with a guy who was exactly like her father. But yeah, he little H and R Block shoulder a little something.
0: Yeah, yeah. and and that's my that's my type. Cause I like my personality is I'm I'm quiet, but like I'm quiet when I don't know people. But like once I get to know people, I open up. But like my type of dude is like a dude that's like he needs to be quiet because if I'm comfortable in my surroundings I can talk, but I don't need you talking too. We can't, we both can't talk. We never going to get anything done. But, but I like that quiet, like what I always call like a quiet thug. Like he'll let me do my thing. But when I get out of hand, he will be like, look, you need to calm down. You know? <laughs> or like, if I need, if I need him to have my back, he'd be like, look, let me handle this, sweetheart. You know, that's my type. So like, I'm like, little H&R, babe, yeah, I, I can get with that. But yeah. <laughs> it was so it, it's just when I was thinking about quotes in your book and I was thinking about like just little lines I was reading and I swear they had me cracking up I'm like i just reading this one line just had me cracking up <laughs> so like <laughs> one part her friend said the other DJ was her friend. He said, You finna let Carlton Banks hit for the culture? No, I was like, Oh no, he done called the boy Carlton Banks. <laughs>
1: oh man, what, he, what did I call him? He was Carlton Banks, he was light skinned Randall Pearson. He was, I, 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 who else was he? I feel like it was like three or four, like, no, yeah, it, it was a couple of things. <laughs> It was just so funny
0: um and then the part with how you were saying that she was somebody like her father and when she 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 said guess who i saw at the um spot and she was like oh i saw your own um, your little protege um her dad was like oh how was it and he was like oh it was nice and she was telling her dad i asked you to come out a whole bunch of times he said yeah i didn't think it was gonna be my thing but if he would i can go i <laughs> like <laughs> Like, that has to be like the worst day for an older person to tell you like, oh, if he liked it, then it's good for old people to go right <laughs> but that was so funny it's just I don't know it just was that book is just like my favorite, and I could just go back and i I'm, I'm I'm like the type of person that never rereads stuff because I'm always looking for the next book to read, but like I'll read that book again and just be cracking up laughing especially if I need something to laugh to. I'm like, let me read this and laugh. Cause the book is just so, fu- your books are just so funny. Even your, um, your two shorts. So you have your little thing with the, see, we done switch gears. Cause this is about to be in the cold fall fan fest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it because you have like your little holiday thing. And you did your books with the sisters, the holidays, and then you did your, um, Christmas book and you did Valentine's day and you did one for St. Patrick's day and that book too I was cracking up laughing reading that book and it was just like a short story but it was still funny it was so funny when the hero went to go see the heroine's grandfather at the nursing home <laughs> and he's like he's like boy you act like I don't know what's going on and the one part that had me like I said it's like people I know he was like, "Who banging on my door like that? Like, <laughs> you know that is typical for us. Like, if you knock weird, who banging on my door like they the goddamn police? You know, straight
1: up, straight up every time. <laughs> yeah, I, that um, that Saint Patrick's Day thing, it's so funny. So, and you mentioned my thing with the holidays. So, fun fact about Nicole Falls, I actually hate every holiday that's not my birthday. Yes, my birthday <laughs> is a holiday. I'm a Leo, deal with it." I don't know why I keep getting drawn into like writing these short stories or these novelettes about holidays, but it just keeps happening. And so those have become like a thing, right? A Mary little filthness, a dirty Valentine, a good luck fuck. And I, I, I'm i like, okay, I have to do another, like, I have to continue this trend. I feel like it's a trend. And the St. Paddy's one, I knew that I wanted to do something about St. Paddy's and it had a completely different vibe um, than we got because when it was conceptualized it was pre how we knew how bad the coronavirus was and so Mm
0: -hmm. when I wrote
1: that or whatever like at at that point it was just me trying to like get back into the swing of like writing and things because I had taken I had taken a little bit of time off um because I was supposed to be doing prep for some events and so yeah somebody had tweeted me it was a a a reader um shout out to Matisha Matisha I just pronounced her name wrong. But she uh she tweeted me and she's like, man, I wonder if Nicole is going to write another one of those little short stories around the holiday. And so that 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 came out of nowhere. But I, I, I rather enjoyed it. I, one of my favorite things to do. And I'm going to loop this back to your to your topic of, you know, the the black men in romance novels um particularly you know the ones who aren't uh alcohols or whatever so one thing I like to do is sort of help people understand how people become to be who they are which is why it was important when I was writing the short for St. Paddy's Day to give Nat you know give his background we didn't go deeply into it because I think that's all from Clover's POV I can't recall if I switched off and I think of like
0: One, like when he went to see her
1: grandfather, that was from his POV. You're right. But what I like to do is just like give you a bit of the person's background that gives you some sort of like context for how they operate as a person. So, like with him, you know, he had the whole found family thing because him and his mom, it was just the two of them until they moved to Bellevue. And then, you know, that's when they got taken in by this family or whatever. But I think that's important, um, and I think that a thing that doesn't um, happen a lot in romance is getting those sort of foundational pieces about characters in order to understand who they are when we meet them, because you don't even have to put their entire life history on the page. I would actually prefer that you don't do that, Um, but if you give people, you know, little breadcrumbs and snippets, it helps conceptualize that person within the realm of where they're going in this tale. And I think it just, it just makes the story that much more rich for me personally. But I, you know, that's just, that's just how I feel about it.
0: Right. And your comment really helps me segue into this next book I was, I was thinking of, who's uh, one of my favorites. And I know she's one of yours too. And this book is Care For Me
1: by Bria Felician. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Felician? Felician. I think it is. I pronounce it wrong all the time. So, sorry, Bria. I love Bria. Um, that's, my, that's my homie, straight up. Yes. I, and I love her writing. I think her writing is very soulful and lyrical. And if people have not picked up her stuff, they should get into it. Particularly Care For Me, I am going to preface this by saying I, I suck at remembering names of characters, but I can remember everything that happened um, throughout the course of a book, but names just don't mean anything to me. Um, but the hero in that book his name was Derek, cause I wrote it down, cause I'm bad with names too. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek. Oh yeah, that was Derek and um Ken. Kenny, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Derek and Kenny. And what I loved about Derek, and and I love the way that Bria did this, is he was like an onion, right? Yes. Got him yes. at the beginning, and he was bitter, accurate to the taste. We didn't know how we felt about him at all. But once we started peeling back those layers and really getting to know what was going on in Derek's life and how he got to where he was, man, listen, Bria did that. Like I just she did, I, and I don't like typically reading about the youth because they are like in their twenties. Um, I say the youth <laughs> like I'm sixty seven, but whatever, I'm close enough. Um, but I thought that she did a really good job of of catching that post grad like anxiety with Kenny, but then also, you know bringing her into contact with this man who had all of these different things going on in his life. And I'm being purposely vague because I, if you haven't read it, I, I don't want to spoil it. And I want you to go and read it. But, but what I love that she did was we didn't get everything right at the beginning.
0: Right. Like, right. we got it
1: doled out to us. And yeah, man, like, I'd represent. you want to talk about black man representation. like Right. A man who is in touch with himself emotionally, a yes. man who recognizes problems and works through them to fix them. Like, oh, uh, we stand
0: right. And the um one thing about like how you said the characters were young, but I think the thing with even though this talk about the hero, the thing that we that I could relate to with Ken is that we've all been there where you see like, oh, this person is doing this, and we're the same age, so shouldn't I be doing the same thing and you get that anxiety like I'm not where I'm supposed to be at and I felt that before too because I had my son young and I stopped going to school because I had him at 19 and so I had stopped going to school and I could have kept going to school but I was lazy but (laughs) but like I felt like man I should have kept going to school because everybody else is doing this and other people had kids in high school and they here and I'm not there, and you know, so you can relate yep. to that feeling like you're being left behind and you're not doing what you need to do to be where you need to be. Like one thing, because I had I had went back to college. I was like in my mid 20s okay. and because I'm an accountant, everybody was doing these internships and I'm like, I can't do an internship because I need to work. And I'm like, if I don't do an internship am i not going to get a job like I was so stressed about doing these internships, thinking I had to do one in order to get a job, which I didn't because I wound up getting a job like six months after I graduated. (laughs) But like that pressure of thinking you're not where you need to be, like that is something so many people can relate to. Even relating to the hero, the one thing I really, why I brought this book up is because
1: you know how black people are about therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Take it to the altar. Girl, sometimes you got to get assistance in addition to Jesus, like (laughs) a licensed professional, okay?
0: (laughs) Right, right. And for his family to say, like, you know, maybe you need to go to therapy because you have some things going on that you need to work out. I really love that because that's not, especially with black men, that's like not, that's like a no-no, like black men. Oh, no, we don't, we don't do therapy, you know. All I, you know, it's just something that's frowned upon for some, I don't know why, it's just like, I don't even, I've heard that before, and I don't even know why, but I've heard black people don't go to therapy, my father said it before, but I'm like, why don't, we? like, he could never give me a reason, (laughs) he's Mm -hmm. just like, because we don't, like, okay, because we don't, that's not a reason, like, (laughs) (laughs) but that, and another thing I like that she did with her character, which. Sometimes I've seen other authors not do. So it was an incident that was caused by a woman, but it didn't make him just hate women. It made him not trust everybody. And it's so easy to have a man, a man and you'll say, well, this is why he hates women. Cause I've read a lot of books where like, and it was like such a petty reason that the guy like, Oh, I don't mess with women anymore, but I don't date because we would go to the prom and then she canceled at the last minute and I saw her at a prom with a, another guy. And so I just hate women. Like, it's so easy to push it on women, but he didn't trust anybody. And I really like how she did that because it, it made him, what's the word? Because like the way his social circle was closing for reasons, it made him kind of forced him into therapy because it's like, if I want to open it up to anybody, not even just a woman to anybody, I need to deal with these issues in my background. Yeah. And I just really love that he got therapy and like, you know, like I said, that's frowned upon, but I really love that.
1: Yeah. And I thought that the even the way, the manner in which she had him go about seeking it, right? You know, when you talk about particularly Black people, young Black millennials, like, Go into a website, you know what I'm saying? Therapy right, and finding a black, you know, a black therapist to to connect with because, like, you know, we can sit up here all day and all night and say, you know, people need therapy, people need therapy, but we also need to like talk about like the targeted, more specific, like, minute details that come into the process of actually finding a the therapist. And so, I'd like that that process was detailed and not in a way in which it detracted from the story. Yeah, I I really cannot say enough good things about that book. I just love it.
0: And even adding to that, like, I'm going to say I'm really loving this. I guess I would call them, I don't know if I want to call them a the new generation, but it's like these new young readers that, I mean, authors that I'm finding. I love how they're putting therapy in their books. Another book I have read was The Follow by Eliza David, and this hero was a, um, he was like an RB and b star. And this was like in the first chapter. He had like a sex addiction. And his friend was like, man, you need to get therapy. Like this okay. is in the first chapter. And like throughout the book, even while he was starting his romance with a woman he met, he was still going to therapy. And it was like a major part of the whole book, him going to therapy. I read, I cannot remember the name of the book, but I just read it the other day. It's by Britt Joni, And the hero and the heroine. Both went to therapy in that book. D. Rose, the first book I read by her, her heroine went to therapy. And I really like how these new writers are incorporating that in these stories. Because, like, even just as black people, period, like I said, that's something that is, like, kind of frowned upon. Because it's like, I don't don't know, we're supposed to be super strong, like, and fight everything. But, no, sometimes you got to talk this stuff out with people. You can't just deal with it on your own or, or, you know, God.
1: God are gonna get you through. No, sometimes you need to pay a therapist. Like yeah. it's not always that, really you know. all things working in conjunction to, you know, better everything. Like it's just if, if, for any for anything that you're trying to improve, there's rarely a time when only one thing is what you need to fix it. Right? True. right? Like that's a fair that's a fair assessment. So you know when, when it comes to therapy and like I, I'm going off top a little bit and I'm probably gonna get a little preachy, but like you can't just say. Oh, you need to pray about it because like, sis, I've been praying and the thing is still wrong. So now I need to know what else I need in conjunction with prayer in order for me to get the tools to start fixing this stuff. That's like telling somebody, you know, if you don't have a a Allen key and you are trying to put together some furniture from Ikea, like, oh, girl, well, you know, the Lord got you here so you can figure it out. Actually, sis, I can't because I can only tighten this so far and then I'm going to try to sit or put something on my mom that's the table and right. it's going to fall apart because I didn't have everything I needed in order to get it built. So like,
0: right. and
1: I'm I'm all for like folks, you know, including everything that helps things get better.
0: Right. Right.
1: Talking about
0: another type of uh, black male that I've read and I, I haven't really seen last year. I can't remember the, the name. Oh, it was book euphoria. So they had the book euphoria. Um, author event and you were part of the series they put out a bunch of books by every author that was there you had you had a book in that series it was about 12 authors I think I
1: think because your book was we were 14 and the reason I know that is because the event was 16 authors and two didn't do it so it was 14 authors who came together
0: so all your books had the same theme so it was the theme of a bachelor auction so I know your book was called switch that bid but mm-hmm. the one I wanted to talk about was by Sherelle Green. I really love her writing too. She is so good. I love and her, her book was the contingency, the contingency big. And the hero <laughs> in that was like super quiet. I'm like, I, <laughs> I think I've only read two books where the hero was like quiet, a black, quiet man. I don't know those, I don't know <laughs> that man in real life. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I would say my son, but sometimes when he he quiet when you talk about something he don't want to hear but when he talk about something he want to talk about he's not quiet like (laughs) but that hero he had he's like painfully shy he was just like super super shy (laughs) let me find a book because it was like something when they were talking about how shy he was i had highlighted the quotes because it was like so funny his like the neighborhood mother she was like we need you to get in this auction you know because we're short men and he's like oh no like you know i'm too shy for that you know she, she was like don't you, he was like don't you remember what happened that um when i had um a elementary play and she was said she said yeah you forgot your lines and spit your entire scene cursing to the audience and then she was like <laughs> She said, just disrespectful. She said, then in high school, you couldn't wait to be on the basketball team, but when you got the ball during the last few seconds of the championship game, you froze. The high school ended up losing. (laughs) (laughs) And then she said, um, She said, oh, and Shirley down the street told me some folks from the news were recording business owners on South Lake last year, and when they got to you, you spent the whole time saying, oh, look at Shell Shop. They had to move on to someone else. (laughs) It was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) But he's like super, super shy, and I've never, I've never, I don't think I've ever read like a really shy hero, because I don't know, like, they're all like these Like how we said before, these super alpha, but like everybody, I feel like everybody has that alpha in them. It's just like not overbearing present. which is good because like you said, I don't like that. And I wind up cussing you out. Like I can't (laughs) do that. I'm too, I always say my mother ain't raised me like that. She just did not raise me like that. And I could not come home and just let some man say anything TV and be like, Oh yeah, I dated this guy and he didn't. And I'm gonna be like, No, nah, no, nah, we got to handle that. No, nah, because let me tell him, he to talk to my baby girl like that. You know, I just don't like those type of heroes. Yeah, like he was super shy and the heroine she kind of because she had like a um what are those things? She called? Had like, an- like a like uh yeah like an etiquette type thing so she brought him out of his shell but they were really well matched to each other (laughs) But it was a part because like Kyle was saying like I like the quiet dude with the little thug in him it's Mm -hmm. a part where she was looking at him she was like you probably had sex with your Tim's on I I was like oh my god she said that like like, you know, cause she knew he was shy, but she still saw him as like who he she could see who he was underneath of that shyness. And he's like kind of like me, like, once you break me out of my shell, I'll be able to talk. And once she broke him out of his shell, he was because he was good with people he knew. It was just like people yeah. he didn't know. Yep. He's like, Oh no. <laughs> cause um yeah. she took him to a uh, to a barber shop. What was it? It was like a um hair convention. And he was cutting hair. He just cut the hair. He didn't say nothing. He like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and once she started a conversation with the person and then he felt comfortable, he did really well. And I really like, like, not where the heroine tries to change the hero, but how they help them be who they want to be. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when we see these heroes, it's kind of like, they need to, and it's not that the woman builds him up, but More like Helps him become his Realized self because sometimes Like I said we have these ideals of That black people we gotta have Everything together and we don't Have everything together like you know Everybody else doesn't have everything Together that's not something that's Us It's, it's a lot of People so like I like to read Where there are these Men that are trying to figure out stuff For themselves just like the women are trying to figure Out stuff you know I just like that
1: yeah and I thought Sherelle did a really good job too um when you're talking about the enemies to lovers things I think that she's she's very well balanced when she constructs enemies to lovers type people in finding a way that they come to this common ground so like with Kaderis and Chloe um you know he had a need he didn't think it was necessarily a need but you know people around him knew that it was a need because in order for him to further his business because he was a barber. Right. He needs to be able to, you know, orate properly, and he needs to be able to feel comfortable enough to put himself out there so that he can get more opportunities. And so I thought that that was really, um, it was it was, you know, more about the let me help you be your best self, um, right. As opposed to let me make you someone else. It was like, no, I'm not gonna say you need to change and be this extra outgoing extrovert type person. But what I am saying is that if you make these small tiny tweaks. The man that we all know you are, everyone else can know that man, too. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that from Sherelle, contingency bit. I really enjoyed that book, too.
0: Just talking in general about Black men in romance, what are your thoughts on, like... Let me try to say this and not sound, like, angry. (laughs) 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 Because, like, I just see, like, a trend of, like... When people try to write, they like make them like too bland. Like, so my friend was saying about some, I can't remember the book, but she was like, oh, it had a black person in it. I'm like, okay, what was so special about that? Like, she was like, she said, because she was like, she wrote them really well. I'm like, but how did she write them well? I'm like, what about that character told you that person? I said, if you took everything about that character away and changed his race to white, would it still be the same person? She Mm. said yes. I said okay so then she really didn't write nobody like she wrote an insert dude here like you know and I think that while we're all the same we do have certain characteristics that make us unique I mean like I think that's why I've I've been really like because when I first got back into reading all I was reading was YA and like new adult and like It was just by chance that I was reading white people because I just, I just like would hear about a book and then I would read it. But then like once I started reading more black romance, I'm like, it's just a different feeling. And it's not a feeling of like, if somebody else read it, they will feel excluded. But it's just like a certain,
1: what I want to say, like. It's just, it's a cultural thing. Like. Yeah. The yeah, yeah, like line on the internet, particularly when it comes to us, um, is that you know black people are not a monolith, which right. completely agree with. Absolutely one hundred percent. However, there are always these certain cultural touchstones that it don't matter if you were a black person raised in the middle of North Dakota, I guarantee that if I say a particular phrase, if I mimic a particular action, if I bring up a particular object, you will know that thing simply off the strength of being a black person. Now I'm saying it's black people raised by black people, not black people who were adopted transracially or things like that, because they don't have those sort of cultural contexts, but they're absolutely just different. And I don't even want to say like inside jokes, but there's just particular things that hit differently. Like you might like, for example, if we talk about the um, part you know from Good Luck Fuck Where um, Nat I mean uh, Pops was like you know who banged on my door like the police like everyone can find that funny right right because it's just whatever it's funny but to a black person reading it I guarantee you you heard your grandmother or your grandfather in the back of your mind when you read that like it wasn't just oh this is a joke and it's funny it was like Oh snap, this is a joke and I can relate to it because I can recall XYZ one two three person saying one, two, three. You know what I'm saying? That is exactly the feeling
0: I got when I read it. It my the first thing came to my mind was my brother and my mother was like, The hell you banging on my damn door like that for? Like <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first thing came to my mind. Cause sometimes he'll just be like doing stupid stuff and he'll be like boom 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 boom. Like, and she be like who is that? And then she'll look out the peep, and she'll like, that ain't nothing by but your damn brother. Like, he crazy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it was, and that, just like how you say, it just, oh, uh, like, some people write to the masses. Yeah. But with you, what you do, what Christina C. Jones does, what D. Rose, all my favorites, what y'all do, is y'all all write for us? But it can appeal to everybody. But even though you write into a specific group, it still is something that everybody can read and enjoy. It's not something that people will read and be like, oh, I don't I don't feel included because I don't understand what they're going through. No, like certain things, like you said, may be cultural touchstones, but the grand story of it is a story that everybody can relate to. And yeah. I just really love that. It. <laughs> it's just, it just, because... When you really feel seen by something, it's kind of like when like when I went on um, Twitter and it just was people were talking about their birthdays were in March. And I'm like, oh, these are my people because these are the March birthdays and I got a March birthday, too. It's just Ooh. like a connective thing. But everybody yeah. can relate to having a birthday,
1: you know. So. Right. Yeah. It's, I think that it's important. I think particularly like I charge myself with ensuring that the work that I create is not lacking seasoning. Like, I, could, I cannot write a character who is not palpably Black. You know what I mean? Like, you'll have some writers who can write a book and you know that both of the main characters are Black because they tell you um, and they give you physical clues or whatever. But then when you're actually reading it, had you not been told, you wouldn't know. But I just, like, that's just, like, not in the fabric of my writing, my style, like, anything. Because, like you said, you know, being seen is something that is a privilege. And I hate to sound like I'm a freaking Twitter professor or whatever. But, <laughs> like, I like I see so, so often, you know, folks are saying, like, oh, when I was growing up and I was reading and I read romance – we didn't have these sort of romances available. But like, I cut my teeth on your Brenda Jackson's, your Beverly Jenkinses, and stuff like that. And so the the work has always been there, and the representation has always been there, but it hasn't necessarily always been as attainable as it is uh, with some of the writers who are in the indie sphere. And I think that's a a, a, a double-pronged thing. I think it's a you know, the freedom of independence and being able to control the content of the books as well as, you know, uh, whatever is included. But then the also, like, age comes into play, I think, a bit, too. Because most of us are in our, uh, like, mid to late 20s to, I don't know, like, maybe late 30s, early 40s, like, somewhere around there or whatever. And so we're all in this, like, mishmash generation between Gen X and millennials and a couple of we let a couple of these gen z kids in every once in a while um, right. but we all have these sort of overlapping cultural things that still feed into our work it's essentially what i was getting at <laughs> Yeah,
0: because like when i was just telling my friends i was like sometimes i forget some of these authors are real young i said because i really relate to their r- work so I, i'll be like po- um like reading because I'm I'm really I'm so into D-Rose she is just so good and I'm like I keep forgetting this girl is young I keep forgetting how young she is and I'm just like because her writing doesn't feel young and even though she
1: writes young characters I can still relate to those young characters so it's like I keep I'm like I keep forgetting this girl is young and I think and and the reason why I think it is um particularly with D is because she doesn't let people get to like she doesn't lean into the young thing so people are reckless and stupid and doing dumb stuff right like her character is like there's a balance there um they don't always they're not always reactive which is i think even in my brain anyway is how i tend to think that a lot of younger people operate they're not necessarily proactive they're reactive so a thing happens and they you know blanch back at it or they uh you know, laugh out at it. But I think what D does is that she she makes these characters that are not just going through the motions of a thing. And because life hands them this, now they're just gonna wild out. Like, no, <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, man, that that balance is so important. I I too, I love D's work a lot. And I would even say some of some of the guys that she's written um would kind of fall into that thing we were talking about earlier where it's not necessarily the expected idea of a black male i'm thinking particularly of uh mecca from i don't remember the title of the, the book see there we go i remember the name don't remember the title <laughs> but it's mecca and nina damn okay i don't remember the name of the book but if y'all google d rose mecca nina it should come up <laughs> um but in that book you know mecca's a rapper so you expecting dude to be just like Swag king, dirt ball, player, player, whatever, whatever. But he's actually a pretty measured dude um, with a good head on his shoulders, which right. is sexualized by, you know, his relationship with his mom and all that stuff and his little sister. And so, yeah, I just I, 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 I like the men that D. Wright, uh D. writes. I think that she does a good job at balancing that whole like giving him a bit of edge, but also making him be like just a real dude.
0: Right, cause um the last book I read of hers, well it's actually two. The one it, and another thing I like about her is cause she sets all her books in Maryland and you know I'm a Baltimore girl, so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so um the last book I read, the hero, he um this was um the one that just came out and I cannot remember the name, but his name was Danilo and he had grown up on the wrong side of the tracks, but somebody gave him a chance, and he went to college, he went to graduate school, and he's doing everything, you know, he's being groomed to have this foundation, and, Mm -hmm. like, kind of the opposite that people think of, you know, these, they don't think that these young boys that get in trouble when, you know, they're redeemable, but she's showing, like, hey, these guys are redeemable, and another hero she had in her, I want to say it was her Roseville series, Mm -hmm. um, he had got locked up I think he did maybe like was it the hero brown sugar yeah brown sugar because he was a little he was a little D'Angelo up there you know with (laughs) with his little guitar singing at the open mics and he had been in jail but he didn't you know what people think of people who have been in jail he -hmm. didn't have that stereotype you know because sometimes good people up and stuff because he was a preacher's kid and he just got caught up in some things after his mother had passed and you know he he was focused on moving forward and doing better with his life and yeah like you said she really does she her writing speaks to me like everything she writes so I'm like I need like when I see his books of hers that I haven't read I feel like a failure. Like how come <laughs> I didn't read this book? What have I been doing that I didn't read this book? Like I don't need to go to work. Let me just read these books like but yeah she really <laughs> She really speaks to me and I feel like she's like somebody that if you haven't been reading her, like I said, what have you been doing with your life? You know, yeah. read her book.
1: She's really good. High key. She's, she's super underrated. She's very talented. And I've thought that from the very first thing that I've read by her. Um, And I told her that I was like, yo, like your pen is hot. Like, keep going man. and stay true to yourself in the course of your writing, like throughout don't try to change or adopt trends or anything. You know, write the stuff that is true to your heart. And it definitely shines through in all of her work. I'm yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Like again, I can't say enough good things about D, like, straight up.
0: What is something that you want people to take away from the heroes in your book? Like you said how you write your heroes as like somebody you know, like people something you are attracted to yeah. so like when you write these people these guys what is something you want your readers to take away from that like about black men in general like you said we're not a monolith but what is something that you want to impart to your
1: readers about these male characters that black men are everything they get such a bad rap in society at large they're they're yeah there are a few things I love more no, that's not right. No, that is right. There are a few things that I love more than Black men. Like, there, as a girl who grew up um, being a daddy's girl and seeing my father, and he's not 100% perfect. He has his flaws undoubtedly, but the way that Black men love is unrivaled. I mean, it's only rivaled by the way that we love as Black women, but I think that they are often portrayed as monsters and aggressors and just unlovable lumps of clay when they are actually some of the most in your corner as <laughs> like down for you, willing to do whatever type dudes. Like it's just, I hate to see people talk about black men in negative ways and to stereotype them because I just think that it's not fair Um, Because there are so many good ones out there and even the ones who have what, you know, people call flaws or whatever, like at the core of every black man is some, well, I'm not going to say every because no one should speak in absolutes. But at the core of almost every black man is a kernel of goodness. And I just think that that was passed on to them at birth. And so for some of them, it's very hard to get into that gooey center um, and see that part of them. But God, when they open up, like when a black man feels comfortable enough to you to open up, like, what are you saying? Like, it's a whole new world. And so that's why. I write them in and I construct them in the way that I do because I've seen these characteristics in men that I've dated. I've seen these characteristics in my dad. I've seen these characteristics in my uncles and my cousins and my friends and my friends' spouses and significant others. And so I just think that shining a light on those positive qualities is just so necessary when society is consistently trying to demonize them. And like I'm raising a young black man he's 15 now and you know teenagers are notoriously jerks like right <laughs> they just don't like for real like they know everything whatever but when i tell you that this young man is literally the sweetest he called me today and he said hey i'm just calling to check up on you i'm just checking in and seeing how you're feeling he didn't want anything or anything and that to me is exemplified in every black man that I have personal contact with like those good just down to earth instinctual let me protect you and make sure that you're all right vibes like those are the kind of men that I want to write because those are the kind of men with which I'm familiar
0: yes it's so funny because my son and he works at this um, grocery store up the street from my house. Mm-hmm. And I always tell him, I'm like, you worry more about that boy than anybody. Cause he was like, how do you get home from work? I'm like, walk. Like he got to work. That boy <laughs> can't be walking. You need to go pick him up. <laughs> my father is just like he is like ride or die for his family. Like and like you said, my father is not perfect, but he is ride or die for his family. He do not play that with his family.
1: That loyalty. That's a, like, yeah. that, that loyalty. And I don't know if like that's something we carried over from the ancestors and just everything that you know has brought people to where they are. But like when it comes to family and being there, like what? Right, Who do you right. want to, do? I'm
0: about to pull up? <laughs> Another time, my brother he had this job that was like it of uh, the bus didn't come the way he worked there so he had to walk real far. And my father was like, Why you didn't call me? He was like To be honest, I ain't want to hear your mouth. And my (laughs) father was like, I'd have picked you up. He said I'd have fussed at you the whole way, but I'd have picked you up. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, like you said, yeah, we raising them. So you, you know. So I'm just so happy to have you on the show, Nicole. We have to do this again. And you know, also because my middle, my name was supposed to be Nicole, because my middle name is Nicole. Yes, my name was supposed to be Nicole Danielle, but my father said he didn't like it, and my mother said when she
1: sold on the birth certificate, she was like, "What the hell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. He he switched it out. He was like, "No, I don't like." Yeah, it. he
0: was like, "I don't like that name."
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, Nicole is actually my middle name, and it's so funny because when people find out that my first name isn't Nicole, they feel like I've pulled some great, like, hair or brain scheme over them. And I'm just like, "Yo, I never once told you that Nicole's my." First name. <laughs>
0: Like, <laughs> but the funny thing, the funny thing about authors is, is like when they have a pen name and you know what their real name is, and like then you're around them with other people, you be like, what am I supposed to call her? Like, <laughs> am I, do I, do everybody know what her real name is, or was I supposed to keep that a secret? And so I just be like, hey, <laughs> you know, I'll just say a name. i hey.
1: like, <laughs> My first name is the worst kept secret on the internet. Like, it's not that hard for people not to know that Nicole ain't my first name, particularly if you probably listen to my podcast because I think I've accidentally introduced myself as <laughs> you surely just said, oh.
0: the last one I listened to you surely said it and I was like oh is this I was, and I didn't know I thought was this a secret or did everybody know this am I the <laughs> last one to find out <laughs> little, but it's yeah secret. <laughs> it's like it's like the, the secret a well known secret that's what it is a well known right. secret <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but I loved having you on and I'm definitely gonna have to have you on again and keep writing, like you said, keep staying true to your writing and do what you do and you got a lifelong customer with me as long as I don't lose my job or nothing because I ain't buying no books if I do. But <laughs> you know
1: I appreciate that, Danny. Like straight up. Um like I said, it, it you know, I'm I'm very big on giving people their flowers so they can smell them and so um I don't say compliments lightly and I know that y'all don't have to read and enjoy my stuff. But I'm so grateful and thankful that y'all do. Because I, I always tell people, like, during the process of writing, it's for me. Um, but once it's published, it's for y'all. So, like, I don't have nothing to do with her once she's out there. So I'm glad y'all like her. <laughs> right, That's my home girl. I know her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of ROM Book Pod Inclusively Your, a new weekly podcast celebrating inclusive romance, one trope at a time. If you like weekly recs for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at ROMBOOKPOD. That's R O M B K P O D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.